is good, everybody. Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast, part of the Niners Nation podcast network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera, and on this Friday, as always, I am happy to be joined by Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. I realized last week I did not say hey, hey, so I had to um, come strong with that today. We're one week away from the season, and it feels like we're a good year away. Like I feel like we're never going to just get there. <laughs> Are you with this- me on that? <laughs> Yes, we talked about it. This 17-day gap between the final preseason game and the start of the regular season is just killer. But a lot of stuff has gone on that we will talk about. But I want to remind everybody, please rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We love your reviews. You are helping us get our rating up on Apple Pods, and we greatly appreciate it. And we have one today. Michelle, this comes from App Reviewer HP. Gold Diggers is my favorite, five stars. Great podcast with a nice mix of shows, formats, guests, and lengths. I have listened to other Niners podcasts, and this one is my favorite because it combines true fan passion with incisive commentary that doesn't pull any punches. My favorite show is Gold Diggers with Michelle and Rob. Great chemistry, fun to listen to. I like Michelle's hey, hey to kick off the show and think her analysis is spot on. Look forward to a fun season. Remember when someone was mean to me about the hey, hey when I first joined? They said I was annoying and they hated it. And I almost stopped because of the hater. The internet hated something? Wow, imagine that. <laughs> no, I love the hey, hey, and it is great. And thank you for that review. Like I said, you leave it, we read it. This is the final show, Michelle, that we don't have a game to preview. This is the last one. And we're still going to talk about the Bears game a little, but like normally we get into the season, we're rocking and rolling, and we're all, you know, we give you the bets and the picks for the game that week. This is the final episode that's not going to be like that. Yeah, no bets today, but we will get into the game a little bit because in any game, you have a lot to go through. And I feel like this year, specifically in week one, there's so many question marks for the 49ers that there's just a ton to get into for week one. But also like their opponent, the Bears, so many question marks as well. So it'll be an interesting game for sure. All right, well, let's get into that a little bit because I feel like because of all the self-inflicted drama that the Niners have imposed on themselves with bringing Jimmy Garoppolo back and that whole thing, the whole narrative of, Hey, this is Trey Lance going up against the guy. The 49ers could have drafted in 2021 in Justin Fields. Like no one's even talking about that. I think, I mean, Darnell Mooney has said Justin Fields has a chip on his shoulder and, and wants to prove to the 49ers that they should have taken him. And people aren't even talking about that because as always with the 49ers, it's all about Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, yeah, Fields has to be pissed, right? Because he's now stuck in Chicago with maybe the worst roster in the NFL instead of being able to have this cushiony job with the 49ers where he'd have all the weapons, have a great play caller, like totally two totally different situations that can make or break your career. Like, We've seen how many Bears quarterbacks just go there and die off. I mean, it happens like every time they get a quarterback. So it does, it stinks for him. I'm sure he has a chip on his shoulder and we'll, we'll see if he can, you know, get back. They could get, he get the 49ers back, but unlikely with the, what he has working with right now. Also like, dude, you had your shot last year and you blew it. Like you yeah. couldn't beat the 49ers. So like to do it now, if you win this one, like you can't be like, oh, I showed you. It's like, mm, actually, you're still 500 against them. The only way he could show them is if like Trey Lance had like a terrible game and he had a good game. But still, it's they're going to be like, OK, 
good for you. I don't know. <laughs> right. Enjoy <laughs> one of your four wins this year. Yeah. Um, but I think the Niners, I mean, in that game, they have the advantage, honestly, like everywhere except quarterback, pretty much. I mean, comparing the Bears O-line to the Niners defensive line, that's a joke. Comparing yeah. the Bears receiving, the Niners don't have the strongest secondary. The Bears receivers are not that good. I'll take the Niners secondary over them. Like, I don't know that there's a single position other than quarterback where you can say the Bears have an advantage. And even then, it's debatable. Yeah, even then, it's probably a tie right now until we see what they're made of, you know, this year. But I think on the defensive side, it's pretty clear what they have to do. I mean, it's three things, and there are three things that they should be able to do. It's put pressure on Justin Fields. And like you said, the 49ers defensive line should destroy the Bears <laughs> offensive line. Like they're so bad and the 49ers defensive line is so good. They have to get him out of the pocket, move him around, which like Fields is mobile, but still make him make him pass under pressure. And then you have Traverius Ward and all you have to put him on Darnell Mooney. And if you shut down Mooney, the other wide receivers on this team are a joke. Like what I'm saying that Justin Fields went from a possible amazing situation to the worst situation ever. Like they put nothing around him. His wide receivers other than Darnell Mooney are going to be Brian Pringle, which he might not even play in this game because he has an injury and he did nothing with Patrick Mahomes. They have Equinamius St. Brown has Man. done nothing in his career with Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> Bellis Jones Jr., who, by the way, is a 25-year-old rookie who didn't even have a 300-yard season in college until his sixth, sixth season, <laughs> his sixth year when he was older by like four years than everyone else on the field. And then Dante Pettis, which, by the way, revenge game? Is he oh, going to come out God. here and destroy y'all? Like, all you have to do is put Ward on Mooney, shut him down, and I don't know what Fields is going to do. I guess go to Cole Komet, but the 49ers are fantastic at covering the tight end position. It, it should be very easy for the 49ers to shut them down in offense. I will take Fred Warner over Cole Komet any yes. day of the week, and I think Fred Warner is going to have a much better year than he had last year also, so there's that added thing on top of it. You could make the argument that Justin Fields had better wide receivers his last year at Ohio State than he has right now in the NFL. Oh, 100, he, he 100% did. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. Yeah, he probably did. Like that's and and I'm one of those guys who would sometimes people are like, "Oh, can the worst or can the best college team beat the worst NFL team?" and I always say, "No, no, no." But in this one specific example, I actually think the college receivers might be better than who the Bears have now. That's what the the formula should be for the 49ers in most games, right? The defense should be able to lock it down for the most part. The offense can't screw it up with turnovers and just run the ball and, and Kyle Shanahan will get you through. That's kind of the playbook they're running this year. A hundred percent. The one area where it might be a little worrisome because without Jimmy Ward, you know, Justin Fields loves to sling it. He just like, I, I mean, I don't think this is great for a quarterback either. This is why I worry about Trey Lance, but it's like every time Justin Fields passed it, I felt like he was just trying to make it happen deep down the field at over a 13% uh, deep pass rate, which is the third highest rate uh, among quarterbacks last year. Now the 49ers struggled at that, covering that massively. They allowed the fourth most deep pass yards in the league last year, allowed a league worst nearly 14 uh, completion percent over expectation on deep passes last year. Mm. Yeah, it was like, it was really bad, but then you add Ward, which should change some things, but 
they're missing Jimmy Ward. Sorry, they add Traverius Ward. They're missing Jimmy Ward. That could be a worry if Justin Fields can hit on those. But just because he attempts them doesn't mean like they're going to be accurate or to a wide receiver that can get to the ball. And by the way, that all those stats you gave for the 49ers doesn't include the league leading 21 defensive pass interference penalties. Yeah. Like, so they, they committed the most defensive pass interference penalties. And then when they didn't commit a penalty, they allowed all those co- deep completions. So yeah, that imagine is... the yards they would have allowed right. if they didn't have those penalties. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm looking at you, Samuel Womack. You need to do, we need you like we're depending on the fifth round pick there. Th- there's one thing that I do want to say though. It pertains to this Bears game, but it pertains to any game that Trey Lance is starting. I think that they, and we, I guess we have to wait and see, but the conventional thinking right now is that Kyle Shanahan's going to run the hell out of the ball, right? They kept all these running backs, and we'll get to the one that they didn't end up keeping in a little bit. That they kept all these running backs, they're just going to run the ball, and they're going to rely on the defense, right? Because you want to keep Trey Lance out of must-pass situations. That is the exact opposite way to keep Trey Lance out of must-pass situations. If they really want to do that, they need to take a page out of what the Eagles did last year with Jalen Hurts, at least to start the year. If you want your quarterback to not have to throw in must-pass situations, let him throw on first down. Don't wait until third down and then say, oh, save this drive. Let him throw on first down, and then you get five or six yards or even four yards on first down with a completion. Then you can run the ball. Do not go run, run, pass. That is a formula for disaster. And Kyle Shanahan is super conservative. So I'm sure that's what he's going to do, at least to start the year. I think that is the wrong thing to do, Michelle. I think they got to let Trey Lance pass on first down. And then that gives him options on second and third down. You could still pass on, again on second down, but you're not, you're not forced into anything. Yeah, and I think this is a good game for Trey Lance to practice. I mean, he needs more reps in real games. The The Bears defense is not good. And un, when they did not put pressure on a quarterback, they were the second worst passing defense in the league. And we already talked about last week how good Trey Lance is when, well, how good he was last year when he was not under pressure. Like, let's let's get him some practice because the Bears defense isn't that loaded. Yeah, they spent some early draft picks on defense. Maybe they'll show up early, but they lost a lot of key parts to that defense. Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, uh, Blau Nichols. Like, those are guys that can put pressure on the quarterback. They're gone. This is the time for Lance to have some room to work, see what he can do, get up early, and then you can run later in the game if that's what you want to do. But don't make this a game where you're they're letting the bears stick around. Like yes. the defense is doing their job, shutting down Justin Fields on the offense. Cause that should be easy. Don't make this a game where it's like six to zero, nine to zero. And then it's like nine to three. And then in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. it's like, wow, they could really come back with one big play. It's like, don't allow that get ahead early. And then you can run in the second half. Exactly. Because I think Justin Fields is his talent is high enough that he can provide that one big play. We saw it last time they played the Bears. He had that incredible scramble on fourth down for a touchdown. Like he is capable of that. I agree. And that's the formula. Whenever you're the favorite, especially when you're the favorite on the road, get up by double digits early, because the longer you let a team hang around, the more they start to believe they can do it. And we saw it with the 49ers. There were too many times last year where that was the case, where the offense just could not get it done. I'll never forget that Seahawks game where the defense forced Russell Wilson into five straight three and outs. 
and the 49ers lost the game. I think they had 10 points going into the halftime. It was pathetic, but we've seen that that can happen if you don't kind of squeeze. First play of the game should be play action deep to to Brandon Ayuk. Let's go. Go to Ayuk, put Danny Gray in there, which by the way, as an aside, Danny Gray switching from number 86 to number six, horrible decision. Horrible decision. Number six is a terrible wide receiver number. I don't care about jersey numbers, so I'm not the right one to have this discussion what? with. I'm not an old grumpy man, um, so I don't, you know, whatever number they like, they can wear. No, I I like the single digits, like the new number thing that they've done. I just think that like the number six, six is general, random. I guess it's six not a good random. number. What's your favorite wide receiver number? Oh, I like eighty, just because of Jerry Rice. I, I mean, oh. I'm a yeah, I'm old school in that way. But yeah, like single digit wide receivers. One is a good wide receiver number. That's fine. One is a good one. I like one. But yeah, man, six is just, that's no good. Anyway. All right. Let's get to the running back scenario because the Niners kind of surprised some people. They kept five running backs initially. And then all of a sudden we find out they picked up an extra offensive lineman, Trey Sermon. Adios. And the first person I thought of was you, Michelle, because when he was drafted, you loved the pick. And, I did. And he I love playing. I, to be fair, I loved Trey Sermon, the prospect going in that range. I didn't love the fit for the 49ers. It never really made sense to me, especially once I took Elijah Mitchell. I was like, oh, well, Elijah Mitchell fits their system so much better. Like, he's a speedster, and Shanahan loves those kind of guys. Trey Sermon is the furthest thing from a speedster. Like, so it never really made sense, but I did really like the way Trey Sermon runs. I like those like tough dudes. Now, I, I will say he has not looked great on an NFL field, uh, but maybe it's just the system. Who knows? It seems like there was not just the Eagles interested in Trey Sermon. There was multiple people because the way that John Lynch said it, uh, he said uh, there was multiple teams calling us about him, which, by the way, then trade him. Right. He also said, like, we knew this wasn't sustainable to have this many running backs on the roster. So it's like, you knew even if Trey Sermon made it, you were planning on moving on from him anyways, or he was not going to be active on game day. So if you can get anything for him, get it. You traded Mm -hmm. two fourth round picks to move up to take Sermon. I mean, at that point, when they traded up, you know who was sitting there? It was Quinn Miners, who was... A pretty good prospect at the time. It's not like he just came out of nowhere and he's going to be the starting guard for the Broncos. Like they keep doing this with running backs. This is what frustrated me about their pick with Ty Davis price this year. Like that's just a wasted pick for me. You can find these running backs later. You always do it. You did it again this year with Jordan Mason, but it's not helpful. It's not like, Oh, wow, we're getting these steals at running backs. Like look at us. It's like, no, we're still spending the same draft capital as everyone else. We're still going out and spending money and Tevin Coleman and uh, Jarek McKinnon. Like we're still utilizing these assets. We just end up not using these guys at all because we find them later. It's just, I'm just annoyed. I'm surprised. I totally agree, by the way, how Trey Sermon was not traded for something, a conditional seventh round pick, whatever. I will never understand. And 49er fans are just fine with it. Oh, oh, you're such a complainer. It's like, no, it's like, this is not difficult stuff here, but. There's an opportunity cost when you draft anybody, right? You take Trey Lance. That means you can't take Justin Fields. That means you can't take Mac Jones. That means you can't take anybody else that was picked after him, of course. Well, that is the cost of, yeah, great. They get these undrafted running backs, but you don't get 
an extra offensive lineman that you could have gotten in the third round. So it does matter that they are missing on these picks. And, and the weird thing about this one is that it seemed like immediately from the time he was picked, you could be like, he doesn't fit their system. That seems really strange. My thought was that they were going to change their system a little bit with Trey Lance. Seems like they're not doing that. And what do we find out about Trey Sermon? Bobby Turner, the running back coach said last year, well, we're trying to change his running style. Yeah, because he doesn't fit your system. Yeah. Like, it's weird that like the red flag that immediately went up when he was picked is actually the reason he didn't succeed in San Francisco. Yeah. And I'm hoping, you know, for the player, I'm hoping he could go to another team. I don't think he's going to get much playing time with the Eagles. They have a pretty crowded backfield, but you know, <clears throat> just show something else with another team. We'll see what happens, but I will say their addition of Blake hands doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Like they like seem like, John Lynch was like, oh, he's played every position. He's versatile. It's like, A, he hasn't. I mean, he's only played right tackle and a little bit of left tackle for a hot second. But, like, I don't know where he's coming from that he's – it sounded like he was saying he's played all five positions at the NFL level, and that's just not true. It's weird that he did say that. Uh, He played left tackle and right tackle last season. I think he was lining up at guard in the preseason. And I don't know that he's ever played center before. I have no idea. I assume he has since John Lynch said that, but I mean, maybe they needed... in college, but I mean, he was undrafted in 2019, didn't play his first two seasons, then right. had to come in the game, some games last year for the Browns because they had lots of injuries on their offensive line. Uh, by the way, he was the worst graded pass blocker among tackles last year. according shh, to PFF. Shh, we don't care about that in San Francisco. All we care about is run blocking. He was a solid enough run blocker. I mean, it wasn't like he was great, but the worst, I'm not saying like he was just bad. He was the worst graded tackle in pass blocking <laughs> last year, minimum 200 pass block attempts. He allowed 31 pressures, uh, 31 pressures on 366 snaps. And to compare that to a good tackle, Tristan works, obviously they're going to be very different, but Tristan works allowed 14 pressures on nearly 800 pass blocking snaps so he had double the snaps half the pressures allowed um even like uh, like obviously tom brady helps that and tristan works is great but even tom compton last year for the 49ers allowed 18 pressures on pretty much the same amount of snaps as hans last year almost half as many yeah so he's not gonna play i mean you also have to pass block you have to like you can't just (laughs) run block so I don't, I don't get this addition. Like I'm fine with them moving on from Trey Sermon. We thought he probably would be cut anyways, but him acting like they had to like make this move. It's like, okay, you didn't. This guy sucks. I think they, I mean, I'm glad that they at least tried to help the offensive line. I think that was the right way to go. They did exactly what the Steelers did. They added a terrible offensive lineman <laughs> to already a bad offensive line. Cause the Steelers traded for Jesse Davis, who is garbage as well. It's like adding bad pieces to already a bad line doesn't make it better. It just makes it the same. You still have no options. I think what everybody's hoping for, and I know what I'm hoping for, is something similar to what we saw with Lake and Tomlinson. The Niners traded for Lake and Tomlinson on August 31st. And lo and behold, you know, it was a guy that was discarded by another team who ends up coming in, playing at a Pro Bowl level for the 49ers, and never missing a snap pretty much, which was incredible. But Lake and Tomlinson was also he had some pedigree coming into the league. I don't know if he was a first round pick, but I know he was a very high pick. That is not Blake Hans. Yeah. He was a first round pick. So, uh, 
Blake Hans was undrafted for a reason. Slightly different. And he's he's shown absolutely nothing at the NFL level. So very different. But yeah, I mean, maybe it'll work out, but I wouldn't be like, oh, he's the next, you know, Lakin Tomlinson. Probably not. I think that the 49ers are trying to piece it together with the offensive line in this way. They're like, we got Trent Williams on the left side. We think, we think Mike McGlinchey is going to be on the right side. Our center is, you know, hopefully a league average center. And if we're a little weak at the guards, we think it'll be good enough. I honestly think that that is their plan, which I don't love. Like the found the offensive line is the foundation of your house. You want that to be the strongest part of your house. Not, not good enough, but that seems to be, the angle that the 49ers are taking and they think that they can, you know, kind of scheme their way around it. And at least if it's a decent run blocking offensive line, that'll be what they need to get them through. So just to compare Tomlinson to Hans here real quick with Detroit, his first two seasons, 75 pass block grade, 70 pass block grade. Hans last year was a 36 pass block grade. So not the same whatsoever. Uh, it seems like Tomlinson actually wasn't graded too badly by at least PFF, but guess thrown away by Detroit. Good for the 49ers, but I don't think that's what we got from hands here. Just for the record, you weren't listening to anything I was saying before. You were clearly looking up numbers. No, I wasn't. I was researching. <laughs> I, I was researching. Sorry, I did not. I wasn't even going to answer you. <laughs> what did you say? Oh, it do- obviously it doesn't matter now. I can no. just, there are certain times now I could tell. I could see you're kind of looking back and forth between a couple different things. And I'm like, hmm, is she going to completely blow past this or not? Yeah, I did. Sorry. Now I know why this is everybody's favorite show. You were talking about the interior offensive line and how you think it's going to be all right. Um, and I I don't think it's going to be their downfall, right? Like Trey Lance has enough mobility. He'll It'll be fine. He needs to get the ball out quicker. But it's just scary. I mean, and what happens if one of these guys gets hurt? It's already was like, wow, like Aaron Banks, you already weren't good. Now we have to go to your <laughs> backup who could, couldn't beat you out. Like that's worrisome. Let's take a quick break because I purposely waited to the back half of the show to do this because I feel like I've been talking about it a lot and people are getting fatigued by it, but I'm it's still important. And that is the whole Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance situation. Everybody's been telling me back away from the ledge. You're overreacting all this stuff that I'm losing my mind. So you are the voice of reason. You are someone that is, I don't want to say you're totally outside the 49ers bubble now because you are slowly becoming a 49ers fan, but you have a a different perspective than I have as someone that's been a diehard for my entire life. So I want your take on it. When we come back, if I'm a crazy person, feel free to tell me. Oh, I will. Back here on the Gold Diggers podcast, we are one day removed, Michelle, from Jimmy Garoppolo's first press conference since re-signing with the 49ers. There he was with that shit-eating grin on his face. Behind the podium, chuckling it up, laughing it up, talking about why he's back with the 49ers. Just tell me if you think this one thing is crazy. There is no way bringing Jimmy Garoppolo back was not about at least having some worries when it comes to Trey Lance, right? That has to be the reason Jimmy Garoppolo is back. Do you agree? I don't. Oh, my God. I don't, well, like there's a part of me that thinks like maybe if Trey Lance, you know, balled out a little bit more in the preseason, maybe they don't keep him. So I'm with you a little bit, but at the same time, I don't think they thought they would get Jimmy Garoppolo for $6 million to agree to be a backup. And that's how it turned out. So I think 
a little bit. Like if you look like the next Patrick Mahomes, maybe they get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. But at the same time, how do you pass up on that kind of cheap backup that you know if anything happens to Trey Lance, like your season's not over because you have your quarterback that you're used to. And I will say, I want to get into this with Jimmy Garoppolo where you're like, I, I listened to your episode from yesterday and you said, I think Jimmy thinks he can take Trey Lance's job. I which agree. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo cares about that. Just two weeks ago, you were saying Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't care enough to be great in the NFL. He wouldn't answer calls. He wouldn't get with people. Then why can't he also be cool with being a backup for a year and making the same amount of money he would have made as a starter somewhere else? Like he doesn't, according to us, right? He clearly doesn't care to be the greatest or whatever in the NFL or as a quarterback, if you get paid the same amount of money to sit back, be a backup, not go to a really bad team like the Seahawks and have to get through that season and play with a much worse roster, you're not going to look as good. And then your money's going to fall apart next year in free agency. Like this seems like a pretty solid gig for him. Like why he might want to just be a backup for this year. It's possible, but I think just because he doesn't want to be the greatest quarterback ever doesn't mean he doesn't want to be a starter. But for this one year to make the same amount of money as you're going to make as a starter anywhere else, why not? And then you can go get paid next year. I mean, for him personally, it's it's not the worst situation. I kind of understand what he was saying. Like, hey, I looked around and I didn't really love anything. And so, hey, I'm back here. But I honestly think that he thinks he can win the starting job again because they asked him like, Hey, isn't this kind of a blow to your ego? And he said, well, if you think this is a blow to your ego, you need to check your ego. And I know who I am as a player in this league. When, when he said that to me, that says he's telling you, he thinks he's still a starting quarterback. And he was on the sidelines watching Trey Lance throw. He saw those crazy inaccurate throws that Lance had at times. I think he looked back and was like, they really want to keep me. I could be all right here. I'm pretty sure I'll get to win that job again. No, he's not going to win the job unless Lance gets hurt. And then he comes in and he wins some games. And that's my biggest worry is let's say Lance rolls his ankle and he has to miss a game and Jimmy Garoppolo comes in and he wins. Like then it becomes a headache. Do you go back to him? Whatever. Like that's my only worry about it. I don't think if Trey Lance is healthy, I don't think he's going to the bench because that would ruin the draft pick like ruin everything. And that would, that would be really stupid. Win. The only other thing I want to say is Jimmy Garoppolo is not the insurance policy that everybody thinks he is. He's just not, he gets hurt all the time. Even when he only had to play four games for the Patriots, when Tom Brady was suspended for deflategate, he still couldn't last through that. So he's not this like, Oh, well, if Trey Lance gets hurt, there's no way Jimmy Garoppolo could get hurt filling in for. Yes, there is. And by the way, even if he plays, there's no guarantee that they're going to be good, right? This is the same team that started three and five last year that went into the locker room six out of their first eight games with 10 points or less. Like, it's not like Patrick Mahomes is on the bench behind Trey Lance. So it's better. It's better than it would have been with Brock Purdy. I agree. I'm not that crazy, but it's not just this guaranteed book it. They're automatically going to the playoffs if Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback. That is not the case. No, but it gives you a better shot, right? So I personally wanted Jimmy Garoppolo to be traded so we never have to talk about him because that would be great. Um, and yes. I just don't want him on this team anymore because I'm sick of seeing it on Twitter. I'm sick of talking about it. 
I'm sick of people being like, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo should be the quarterback. Like, I just don't want to see that. But hopefully Trey Lance can shut us up and there's no reason. Like, all he has to do is come out in week one and look awesome. And he's going up against a bad defense. This team should blow the team out of the water and everyone will be shut up. Like, just shut up. But that's the thing, right? What if he doesn't? What if he plays exactly like Jimmy Garoppolo has played? That's why I say, if Trey plays like Jimmy played last year, Trey's going to get benched for Jimmy, which is the weirdest thing ever. He's got to come out and he's got to look really, really good. And they got a lot of primetime games, Michelle. And you know how it is. If you stink it up on primetime, it's a different feel. And the 49ers can sit there and say all they want about how well, outside noise doesn't affect us and this, that, and the other thing. Well, they're going to get it from both. They're going to get it from outside the organization and they're going to get it from inside the organization because some dudes on that team are going to be like, why are we messing around with this project when Jimmy is right here? If Jimmy Garoppolo is still on this roster in 2023, I'm quitting the podcast. Quitting. I'm quitting the podcast because it feels <laughs> like this guy is just stuck on this roster for the rest of his life is never going to happen. That poor girl who has to draw Jimmy Garoppolo pictures. I feel bad for her. Rita Cavallo. She was, she's choosing to draw them, but uh, she's going to be drawing them for a while. I will say this, and I, this is like way getting ahead of ourselves, jumping the gun, but, but I'm just throwing this out there. Now, just keep it in the back of your brain. There is a non-zero possibility that Kirk cousins is the quarterback of this team in 2024 once he becomes a free agent if lance Why are struggles you already giving up on lance Why? if he struggles or gets i'm not giving up i'm just saying it's possible if he struggles and garoppolo comes in they do that kind of quarterback shuffle or whatever jimmy has to be a free agent after the year because they can't franchise tag him that was one of the terms of his new deal so he's hitting the open market if he does anything of value he's going to sign with somebody he's going to get a lot of money and if it's not the 49 like let me put it to you this way if the 49ers could choose between Jimmy Garoppolo or Kirk Cousins, who do you think Kyle's taking? Kirk Cousins. but Right. The first love. Kirk Cousins still under contract. He won't be in 2024. Listen, it's going to be Trey Lance. I feel like just three weeks ago, after his first preseason game, you were like living the life. You were so excited. Everything yep. was, this team is going to be amazing. Trey Lance is going to be amazing. And then we get the Texans game and everyone's like, well, it's over. It's like, it was a preseason game. It's going to be all right. He's going to have his up and downs. He's going to be the quarterback in 2024. Daniel Jones is still the quarterback for the Giants going into his fourth season. Is it his yeah. fourth year? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if Daniel Jones can still hold a starting quarterback job after that long, like there's a long leash here for Trey Lance. You traded three first round picks for him. Even if he was just the third overall pick and you didn't trade those picks for him, he still would have had a super long leash. He's going to be the quarterback, even if he struggles. And hopefully, you know, he's not as bad as Daniel Jones. That's all. That's all you have to do. Just don't be as bad as him. Jeez, he's going to still be mark. the quarterback in 2024. Well, I would have agreed with everything you said there, except for the fact that they brought Jimmy back. Like, obviously, if Brock Purdy's the backup, Trey Lance is playing the whole year. Like, there is no leash. It's infinite. But once you bring Jimmy back, you chop that lease in half, at least. Like, you have shortened it considerably. That's the only reason to bring Jimmy Garoppolo back. Like, you... Let's just say this. There is no way if Trey Lance is terrible, there's no way Jimmy Garoppolo does not play this year. 
Like he's getting into a game. If Trey Lance stinks, it's not like, well, we're just going to ride it out with Trey, which you might have done if Brock Purdy was the backup quarterback. But now they're going to put Jimmy in because that's why he's there. Okay, but if he stinks that bad, then maybe that's the right move. Like he was going to stink that bad even when Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't there. And then you had no other options, right? And it's like, okay, maybe Trey needs another summer to develop. Maybe we... But he only develops by playing. If he's that bad, though, let's say you give him six weeks and it's just like you're losing games because of him. Like, let's say it's just like the worst. If you're losing, like, then at that point, you'd be like, holy crap, like now we wasted a year. Like, maybe we do wish we had somebody else. It's like, you got to give him at least six weeks. But I I don't even think we're going to run into that. Like, I don't think he's that, like, I think he's going to shine in moments and, you know, have some bad plays. But, like, either this is going to lift him up or destroy him. But it seems like Trey Lance has, he's not like a Carson Wentz where it's like, oh, my gosh, you put competition, (laughs) I'm going to die. And I can't do anything anymore. Like, let's hope Trey Lance has a stronger head than that. I This is a hard situation for him to be in for sure. But maybe this raises him up. Maybe he's like, you know what? gotta step up my game even more and like let's just hope that trey lance just goes out there and balls out and we never even have to think about jimmy coming in i hope he does but like it's it's like stunning to me that people are like well if trey lance isn't good after six games maybe you should bring in jimmy garoppolo meanwhile trevor lawrence and zach wilson and justin fields were horrible horrible all three of them stunk for a whole year nobody's saying they should get benched Everyone's the like, yeah, team they... sucked though. But so like, what? Like, but they didn't have anyone else to go to. Ed. Right. So Lance is penalized for being on a good team. Kind of because there's no reason for him to be as bad as Zach Wilson or as Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence was playing with Urban Meyer and a bunch of nobodies, like a terrible team. If Trevor Lawrence was playing on the 49ers, trust me, the, the, the storyline would be much different. It's holy crap. Trevor Lawrence sucks because because there's no reason for Trey Lance to be bad, bad. He can have his up and downs like any other guy in his first year, but he has every weapon around him that he needs to succeed. He should not be as bad as Wilson or as Lawrence or, you know, Justin Fields, because he actually has a good team around him. I just think it's really, really weird that we're going to take the most inexperienced quarterback we have ever seen and say, you've got six games to show us that you can do it. you got six games to prove it. That's it's weird to me. It's not six games to prove it. It's I'm saying if he looks like the worst quarterback in the league after six games, maybe. I'm not saying if he has up and downs, you know, he struggles a little bit like any first-year guy would do that you change it. No, I'm saying if he's throwing, like, multiple interceptions a game, he's the reason you guys are losing. Like, there's clear passes he's just completely missing on nonstop. Then you say, okay, this guy needs another year to develop. And, you know, maybe like keeping him in the game at that point, keeping him in games is just going to ruin him mentally. If he's still going to like do that all year, like that's not helping him either. I don't think we're going to get to that is the thing. I'm that was my only thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm saying if Trey Lance looks like absolutely garbage, then you do that. But if he just, you know, is if he looks like Jalen Hurts last year, you don't change it. Like, right. I would agree. Could, they could have went to Minshew last year. A lot of a lot of Eagles fans wanted them to do that. People love Gardner Minshew for whatever reason. But the they kept in Jalen Hurts because it's who they want to develop. And I, I think that's all Trey Lance has to do this year. Just play as good as Jalen Hurts. And he's a better prospect than Jalen Hurts was coming out. So I don't think he'll play worse. And he has better weapons than Hurts had last year. 
that's that's his level that he has to play at. And I want to say this again because I feel like people have forgotten it. I, for the record, I like Trey Lance. I'm on the Trey Lance train. I think he's going to be good. I think that people are talking about that tech, that Texans game in the preseason like he was horrible. Like it was, it wasn't the worst game in the world. It was fine. It was pretty bad. But my view, what was so terrible about it? I mean, he had many inaccurate passes, and the <gasps> one he the missed one... George Kittle. Oh my God! Like no, you know that one over the middle was really bad. Yes, and that, that was, was only... a bad pass, but it was still complete. One of two completions over ten air yards. Like that's that's a bad. That's bad. It's not that bad. Like it's not like he was Nathan Peterman out there. People are treating it like he threw five interceptions. They're treating it like he was horrible. He was inaccurate at times. Yes, like we all know he's going to be. But my thing is, I agree. I think Trey's going to be good. I think that I'm hoping that he's going to be good. I obviously want him to be good. What changed for me is just the fact that they, this Jimmy Garoppolo signing to me makes me think that they don't think he's going to be good. And that's what scares me. But I hope he's good. From their comments afterwards, it really just feels like they were like, wow, we got this guy as a backup, super cheap. Oh, and if you can do afterwards. that. If you can do that, you got to almost do it. Like, even if it sucks, even if the media is going to, you know, take it however they want to, even if it looks like to others that we don't believe in Trey Lance, like if they had conversations with Lance and they gave him the say, you know, like, do you mind if he's here? Like, they didn't, they didn't do that. They asked Trey that. They asked Trey that question. Did they give you like the right of refusal? And he said, no. I do think they should have done that. Of course. But at the same time, I don't think Lance would have said no. So because he's really a 22-year-old kid and he seems to be like just a nice guy. I think there's a level of naivete with him. I don't think he quite realizes how it works in the NFL just yet. Oh, and this whole like thing they're trying to like spread everywhere that they're just like besties. It's like relax. It's like it sounds like they're gonna like have babies soon. I'm like, okay, you guys need to relax with this storyline. Like it's too much. You guys are, you know in a competition kind of not really but like i'm sure jimmy garoppolo is not out there loving trey lance like he took his job it, it happens you know in this in in the football world or in the sports industry but i don't know it's not like either's rooting for the other one to be great because they want to be the starter there was too many like relationship type questions in both of their press conferences i i don't think this is that complicated both want to be the starter. Everybody wants to be the starter, but that doesn't mean that they hate each other. Like they're cool with each other, but I agree with you. Like if Jimmy could pick, he would pick himself to be the starter, just like Trey would pick himself. I think that both things can yeah, be The true. relationship was just weird. It was just like too, it was too forced. I was like, relax, <laughs> like relax. No one's saying you guys are going to go out and kill each other. No one's right. saying like you want to punch each other in the face. Like I'm sure you're friendly. That's that's fine. Most people are friendly with their coworkers, even if they're kind of annoyed by them anyway. Right. And I, I just, yeah, the whole thing was weird. Why didn't anybody ask Jimmy Garoppolo why he lost his starting job? That would have been my question. Jimmy, why aren't you the starter? And see, I would love to hear his response to that. Because from his perspective, he's like, look, man, I got to a Super Bowl and an NFC championship game twice in three years. Like, why shouldn't I be the starter? I would. Why didn't anybody ask him that? He called last year an experience he wouldn't wish on his worst enemy. So then why did he just sign up to give that to Trey Lance? I would have loved to hear the response to that question. That would have been a good question. I would would have have loved to hear the response. Hey, Jimmy, what if Trey struggles and and one of your teammates goes up to you and says, why aren't you the starting quarterback? 
what would you say to that teammate? I would love to hear that response to that question. Like, but all they did was ask him. How do like, you get in there? I need you to go in there and uh, ask these questions. How do we I get tried, you that privilege? The, the conference call this week, I asked Kyle a question when I can get, I can't be in California. I don't live in California, so I can't be in most of these press conferences. But when there's conference calls, I get in there. I asked Kyle this week a question and he didn't, he got all huffy with me. What was your question? Well, he said that nothing has changed with the quarterback situation from last year. And I, my question to him was like, it's a little different when you've got an unproven rookie behind Garoppolo versus an unproven starter now in Trey Lance with a dude that has been through the wars with this team. And Kyle was like, well, it didn't feel like that when, when every incomplete pass, people were calling for Trey Lance. It's like, dude, like it was just, a, it was a BS answer. And I, I didn't expect anything different, but I wanted to call him out on that because I don't like when people just say stuff that I think is flatly obviously wrong and no one challenges them on it. So I had to ask him. I will say this is the last time we're being negative about this team going into the season because we're starting fresh, right? We got next week when we come on this podcast, we got game one coming up on Sunday and anything can happen. And just a couple of weeks ago, we were giddy. We we're like, this team has Super Bowl. Like they're a serious Super Bowl contender. They're getting there. Trey Lance looks great. Like everything. That's how we're going into next Friday's show because it's week one. They should destroy the Bears. And that's a great start to the season. And anything can happen. Anything. So we were, we're done. positive in the whole first half of the show. We're done talking about Jimmy Garoppolo after this episode because he's a backup quarterback. And we don't discuss backup quarterbacks on this podcast because they don't matter. With the 49ers. You're always talking about the backup quarterback, <laughs> but no, I mean, like, I don't, I haven't seen the specific numbers for next week, but like, I'm going to pick the Niners. I'll probably pick the Niners over. I'm going to pick, like, I'm going to be picking the Niners for like every possible bet next week. They should pulverize the bear. I want to see panic in Chicago after the week. I want to see like Matt Eberflus is terrible. Justin Fields is a, but I want to see the 49ers just destroy their whole bear season. That's what I'm expecting. Oh, that's a hundred percent what should happen. I'm so excited to get into the bets next week. I'm going to come with some good ones. Oh, this football season starting. Let's go. One thing I didn't mention, I have a, a bet with Brandon Lee Gowden, who hosts the SB Nation NFL show with me that I made last year. And the bet was if Jimmy Garoppolo takes a single snap for the 49ers this year, I have to jump in a lake. And that includes like if Trey Lance is up by 50 and they put in Jimmy to do like victory formation, like I have to jump in a lake. And I was so smug and secure. And now he's on the team. Like they could he's do gonna like, have a snap. I mean, some way, somehow <laughs> they could do some gimmick play where maybe they're both on the field at the same time, like just like a trick play type of thing. But like, I'm going to jumping in a lake. You're yeah. jumping in a lake. Yeah. <laughs> I got to pick out a bathing suit, man. And it's going to be the middle of winter and I'm going to freeze my ass off. You kind of want it. Wait, does it have to be after the season or do you get to jump in the lake? No matter when he's like, as soon as he has the snap, because we didn't specify. So that may help me. Yeah. If it happens in sometime in September, you might be all right. By the way, we still need suggestions for our bet for our season predictions that we made. So if you have them, please, please, please keep them coming. Drop them in your review. I promise we will read it. Or you can hit us up on Twitter. I am at Stats on Fire. Michelle is at Ball Blast them. One more weekend to go. And then we're in it. Then we're in the season and we can all sit back with our beer and our wings and just watching this team. It's going to be so much fun. We are going to be here with you come hell or high water, no matter what happens. 
we will be here with you. Michelle, I can't wait to go on this ride with you. I'm so excited and I'm going to make sure you're not a little Debbie Downer moving forward. All right. Good luck. Slap that right out of you. Many have tried. All have <laughs> failed. We could be a Debbie Downer if it's a bad season, but for right now, anything's possible and it's going to be a great season. Bye y'all. Thank you.